if we didn't have enough time, if I sat on the correct side, I wouldn't have to read. And um, every once in a while, I'd get it wrong, and I'd be the first one to go, yeah. which was better. If right. you have to go, get it over I'd with. I'd prefer it. to be the first. Yeah. No comparison then. Just in that case, just suck early. <laughs> <laughs> They'll forget about you by the time it's over. Right. They'll be laughing at someone else later. <laughs> What's inside? Discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach Ken Edwards. Helping you understand your gifts, honing your leadership skills, sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life. Well, welcome back to the What's Inside podcast. I'm your co host, Eric Nordoff, and I'm here with Ken, Ken Edwards. Edwards. <laughs> Let's sing that together. Yeah. Maybe you can do it in harmony next time. Right, right. Yeah. We're still getting the hang of this whole podcasting thing. It's been uh it's been a really fun journey. But I was thinking about something I could ask you before we dive into this topic of understanding self. What kind of personalities or what kind of people are you normally kind of drawn to? Yeah, being an introvert, I'm usually looking for a low energy way to enjoy someone. So I tend to be drawn to people that are more extroverted. Like really? You. <laughs> That's why I like hanging out with you. Yeah. Because it's not as draining for me because I can be as quiet or as loud as, as you want to be. Want to be. You can throw in your one liners. Yeah. And you're always generous with your laughter, which makes me feel great. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> yeah. We work well together yes. in that sense. That's yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's funny. I actually personally, I prefer to be the one doing the, the asking. I'm not the kind of person like that loves to talk about myself, even though I'm an only child and you would think I'd want that. But my favorite thing is to be in a room with somebody who loves to talk as well. You know, and it's, it's interesting because the Myers-Briggs it's just so true. Extroverts tend to be the ones that initiate and engage. They'll ask questions. The introverts are kind of waiting for someone to engage them. Yeah. And so it's a very classic thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Because there's so much going on inside of that introvert. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I prefer to be around. It's funny, though. I prefer to be around someone who doesn't just talk about themselves that actually asks me because it dries out really fast. Sure. There's got to be kind of this give and take. Absolutely. Right. If I'm the only one asking questions, it kind of, okay. well, I was I was pretty curious about you now. Do you care at all about me? <laughs> yeah, it was a strategy that I developed pretty young. I learned that if you ask questions of people, you ask about things that they're passionate about, they'll talk for quite a while and right. they can kind of rest. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's you can put the takes the pressure off me to kind of, you know, come up with really good things because actually I find the more I talk, the dumber I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So we figured that out. But we're here to talk about you, the listener, and we're going to dive into this topic of understanding self. And we're asking the question, who am I? That's right. It's kind of a, an important question. It's a hard question to answer because most people rely upon the standard. I am a married individual or I do this job or what team are you affiliated with? <laughs> kind of things that are kind of obvious and surface level. Yeah. But when you get below that and you ask someone who they are, frequently they just don't know. Yeah. They don't know who they are. It's crazy. It is a tough question to answer. And and that's why it's not just handled in one episode. We're not going to be able to, we're just going to tell you right now, we're not going to be able to answer all of your questions No way. in this episode. And this is about you and it's about you and your journey discovering you, yes. right? And we'll dive into that. I think the major promise of this episode is we're going to give you some takeaways that will give you some, a better idea of who you are. 
and help you discover things about yourself that you might not be able to on your own. And this is the place where it probably will be the easiest to be curious about. Most people are actually pretty curious about this. They do want to know. They just don't always know the right questions to ask or where to go to get reliable information. Well, I do uh, another, one of my other businesses is to help my wife with her songwriting. She has a, a company called Writing Worship and I'm, it's really a movement based around her book. And our starting point with every songwriter is the songwriter personality test. And it's really valuable. People are so curious to find out what their songwriting personality is. And I think that's where that natural curiosity comes in. Yep. The better you know who you are and what you're made of and what your strengths are, the better you're going to be able to, or at least we think the better we're going to be able to handle life and move forward in a direction we want to go in. Well, I just did a mini retreat with a new client on Wednesday and we start with the family of origin story. So I'm just taking a lot of notes, but very quickly we move into the assessments that I've already given them to drill down into who is this person? What's their personality type? And how does that function within a given environment? What are their strengths? So they can know those. Yeah. So that's what this is all about. And you found that we're just going to really touch on three major components of understanding self. Right. There's a lot of ways to approach this. So this is not the definitive on your understanding of self, but this is what I see that people wrestle with the most. And they're broken down. I break them into three, three pieces. You have personality, messages and beliefs, and identity. Okay. And often it's easy to interchange personality and identity as if they're the same thing, but your personality is rolled up into your identity. And so we'll explore that a little bit today. Okay. So let's start with the definition of personality. I think you pulled up some, a really great definition for Yeah, I just that. thought it'd be fun to, to look at, okay, what does Google have to say about personality? <laughs> and so I Googled this this morning in preparation and it says personality is defined as the characteristic sets of behaviors, cognitions, and emotional patterns that evolve from biological and environmental factors. Very, very well said, Google. Yeah. What I like about it is it seems to me like it's outward. It's an outward expression. It's how you outwardly express yourself or how you act. Yeah. So it's something you can observe. It's behaviors, but also cognition. So it's your doing, your thinking, and your feeling. So your your behaviors, your cognitions, and emotions. And it's it really is both biological and learned. And so I was talking to a psychologist a number of years ago, and he had just, he was excited. He had just read this study about development. And and he said what we all kind of already know, which seems like that happens a lot in research. And, but this person had done all this research to discover that we indeed are 50-50 nurture and nature. And I just kind of chuckled because he was so in a fizz about the, the research. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I've kind of known that since I was like, eight. (laughs) Just like you guys do. Yeah. But it really is uh, accurate. And so there's some things that we're kind of born with inherently that are genetic markers from our parents Yeah, and the things that we've learned along the way that shape that. Yeah. It's not always a simple black and white type of thing, either or. Right. And so we can observe people and, and we can pretty easily go, oh, that person's an extrovert because of these characteristics. And that person is an introvert because of these characteristics, because we observe that or we can observe intelligence being expressed in certain ways yeah or we can observe emotional patterns so we can see it we may not always interpret it accurately but we can we can see these traits at play yeah so the next aspect of this is messages and beliefs yes. that we carry 
That's right. And we had, in a previous episode, we talked about family of origin story and all that kind of stuff. And so we do, we do develop these beliefs about life and about ourselves. We'll talk about worldview in the next podcast. Um, so we won't really cover that here, but we have these messages that we develop about ourselves in particular that cause us to navigate in certain ways. And so I'll give you a quick example. When I was younger, I am dyslexic, didn't know it when I was in elementary school mm-hmm. or really junior high or high school. I didn't discover it. I was in college. (laughs) I discovered that, but I struggled with reading and consequently it held me back in school. And, and so I was always in the slow reading group. I was in the group where kids would laugh and make fun of you. I always dreaded when we had to do the, the old school round robin reading group. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. Probably most of you listening don't even know what I'm talking about, (laughs) but you can imagine. And, and so I was always strategically placing myself on one side of the teacher or the other, depending on which direction she went previously. (laughs) She had a pattern of switching directions. Very intuitive. Oh yeah. And, and so, you know, if we didn't have enough time, if I sat on the correct side, I wouldn't have to read. And um, every once in a while I'd get it wrong and I'd be the first one to go. Yeah. was better if you if right. you have to go get it over with. I'd prefer to be the first. Yeah, no comparison then. Just in that case, just suck early. <laughs> They'll forget about you by the time it's over. Right, they'll be laughing at someone else later. <laughs> and so, yeah, but it, what it did for me though is it. I've developed a belief about myself that was inaccurate, and the belief was you're stupid. And it wasn't really until I was in graduate school that I came to realize that I actually was really intelligent, even though. People all along the way reflected that to me. I didn't believe them because I had these deeper pains that tainted my belief of self. Yeah. So we're carrying over from where we talked about those obstacles and we talked about the beliefs that we had and we're we're aware of what these messages are doing to shape our personality and our identity, whether it's true or not. That's right. Right. That is right. Yeah. And so that leads us to the third aspect of our conversation, which is talking all about identity. Yeah. So once again, I uh, referenced our friend Google to just take a look at what they're saying about identity since we get those so confused. So identity encompasses the memories, experiences, relationships, and values that create one's sense of self. So if you think about that, memories, experiences, relationships, and values make up your identity. And the personality is rolled up into that. Beliefs are rolled up into that. And so all those things create that sense of identity. So, you know, where are you from and what have you, you know, we all have all these great experiences or not so good experiences as the case may be that get rolled up into who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Do we develop our identity? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously it's once again, driven by nature. There's a genetic component that's rolled up into it as well, but then we develop it as we go through different experiences and even choose experiences that we want to have. You know, our personality will, like I tend to be a bit of an adventurer and I just had the opportunity to go to Alaska with a couple of friends. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous about that. I wasn't in the group. Yeah. We can talk about that another time though. Yeah. We probably ought to talk about that (laughs) because it keeps coming up. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But got to go to Alaska. It was uh, one of those bucket list things for me and got to do some salmon fishing. It was great and uh, enjoyed the trip. Want to go back sometime, but not next year. It's like, it's a thing that's done, but that's kind of 
baked into who I am. I like to have a certain amount of adventure in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now that you've done it, the excitement of it kind of has dissipated a little bit, right? Yeah. That's part of your makeup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's kind of two parts of me. There's places I love going back to year after year after year. Like I love going to Vail, Colorado. It's one of my favorite places, but I also want to, I'm looking forward to going to Montana yeah. sometime Yeah, and I've never been up there and Glacier, you've got to go. Yeah. I want to go see Glacier National Park. I want to do some fly fishing on some big water in Montana and yeah. Okay. I might invite you, side note, I might invite you to come with me at some point because I am planning on going back. Oh, cool. Would love that. It's one of those. I've got to go back. We could do an episode from there. Yeah. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. I'm liking that. Yeah. Overlooking the mountains. Mm-hmm. We'd be talking about all kinds of different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So to wrap this up, what are some takeaways, some action items? This is a good one because this is more than just journaling. There's a lot more to this to understanding self. What are some resources and and ways we can do that? Yeah. So I would encourage you to look at it through two lenses. One is a psychological model, which, you know, take the Myers-Briggs. You can take it online. It's not as good as the up-to-date versions of it. If it's something that you want, you can reach out to me. I can connect you with the assessment. It's not that expensive. So we'll put not, links in the yeah, show we'll notes. we'll put links there and I can connect you with that uh, in a fairly cost-effective way. And Or you can do some online things that aren't as good, but it's a place to start. So I'm not, I don't want to dissuade you from doing that. And so that's more of a psychological model. And there are all kinds of assessments out there. Myers-Briggs is a pretty easy one to do. It's something that's very familiar to people. It's accessible. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And then also looking through the spiritual lens of personality, which the Enneagram, which is so popular these days is a great way to understand. I'm using it more and more in my practice. And there's a couple of books I would recommend. The first one is kind of like Enneagram 101. And that's Ian Cron's book, The Road Back to You. Ian also has a podcast that you can look up and in reference. I'll have that on the podcast notes as well for you. And then B. Chestnut has a book called The Nine Types of Leadership that a friend turned me on to. And it's a much deeper dive And so it's a 200 or 300 level class for sure. Okay. But it's worth reading. In fact, I would encourage you to get the audible version so you could read it and listen to it at the same time. You're likely to get far more out of it and have your journal handy. There's so many things that you're going to want to take note of and go back to and reference. So that would be my strongest encouragement. If you only have energy to do one or the other, I would study the Enneagram, but take your time. It takes quite a bit of time and energy to get into it. So you want to read it. I would encourage you all. Also, don't do the tests. There are tests out there for the Enneagram. They're generally not that effective in my opinion. Yeah. So reading it and studying it, learning to listen to yourself, you're going to find out which number you relate to the most. And usually it's one of those, oh gosh, Mm -hmm. kind of moments. You read it and go, I don't want to be this. Yeah. And that's usually the one that you are. (laughs) So just um, smile at yourself and dig in. Yeah, that's the thing. The biggest thing you taught me about Enneagram, because I did that. I started with taking a test. And you know what the test told me? It told me I was either a seven or a three. And what I learned in this process, and it, it took me about two years to really figure this out. I learned that I landed on seven because my three 
is my achiever. Okay. So that is who I am when I'm actually trying to be an achieving, achieving person. And I, I recognize that as the part of me that is motivated to impress other people. And it, it's rooted in, for me, it's rooted in my father, in the things that my father implanted in me, which aren't bad things at all. They're really good things. Yeah. But, or something I learned as a child, but my true self, the one who is most at play, when I am at play, when I feel free, my true self is seven. Yes. So that is just kind of how I landed on it. And so you're going to be on your own journey. How about you? Just out of curiosity, what's your number? Yeah, I'm a four. And same thing, it took a while for me to kind of settle into it. And what really sealed it for me, as you drill down deeper, and this is where Chestnut's book is so helpful, is she'll talk about the subtypes, because there are three subtypes to every number. And for me, the four, you know, classic four tends to be kind of a drama person. I'm really not. No. And it's because I'm a subtype that is the counter four. And so I don't have some of those obvious characteristics of a four. And when I read that, I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's it. And it really solidified that number for me. Yeah. 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 And why should I do these kind of things? What's the purpose? What is it going to give me when I go through this process? Yeah. Well, it helps you understand your personality, which is a part of your identity. And so drilling down into your personality and why I like the Enneagram specifically is you're doing it through a spiritual lens. And so it tends to be more redemptive and not as cold. It's a little warmer, a little friendlier, easier to engage with. And it's a way to view yourself. It also will humble you because it points out the downside. It's not just the upside. And the Myers-Briggs, you can find the downside information, but most of that's just kind of upside. And it's great in a work environment. It's great sometimes. in a work environment. Mm-hmm. It's it's easy to work with a group of folks, kind of do team building around that. I've done the team building with the Enneagram too, which actually is more productive because people have a tendency to kind of own their downside a little more obviously. Yeah. And which kind of is fun. People can laugh, but it's a way to be able to talk more redemptively about the team as well. You see more of the whole person see in a more team of the environment. whole person in the Enneagram and then also in the team environment. Yeah. True. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up for today. And uh, so you've got some work to do. This is not something that you're going to get done in a week. No. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. This is a the beginning of the journey. Yes. Okay. And you can continue to listen to the next episode and the next episode. Yeah. This is not a time to hit pause on the episodes. Just realize that you'll be working on this for a couple of years. I did. It probably took me, you know, three or four years of studying and looking at. I mean, I landed on the four relatively quickly, but to really appreciate what that meant. Yeah. Just took time. Yeah. And it wasn't four years of continuous work by the way. It's like I'm living my life. I'm doing stuff. Yeah. It it, uh, rule followers will get stuck on that. You know, yeah. So just this is not a time to follow the rules. No, really. It's just a time to discover and be organic with it. Yeah. You look at it as you have time. Okay. So next week, we are going to talk all about worldview and ask the question what do you believe about the world? For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit providentleadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform.